1: Hey folks, welcome to this special edition of Roland Martin Unfiltered. She is somebody who's always been unfiltered her entire life. I'm talking about poet Nikki Giovanni. She recently stopped by the studios of Roland Martin Unfiltered to discuss her new book on poetry, but we managed to talk about everything else but her book. Hope y'all enjoy this conversation. Hey folks, uh, glad to have Nikki Giovanni here, the great poet, activist, author, college professor, rabble rouser, all that sort of stuff, but here's why I'm happy to have her here. Okay, so uh, I had my show Washington Watch for four years on TV One. I had News One Now for four years on TV One, Uh, and the problem is I couldn't cuss, so I could say, I could say, damn, hell, ass, (laughs) I couldn't say that. Okay, so y'all need y'all understand, I have been wanting to tell this story. This is flat out one of my favorite quotes of all time. This quote is up there with Malcolm X, with Martin Luther King Jr., with Frederick Douglass, I mean, some of the greats. I'm telling y'all, okay, so in 2000, we're at Tavis Smiley, State of Black America, uh, at USC, uh, on USC's campus. And I I think um, uh, Charles Ogletree was uh, the one who was interviewing uh, Nikki Giovanni on stage, and I think the brother with the New York Daily News, uh, Stanley uh, Stanley Crouch, I think he was on the panel. the question was asked to Nikki, why do you love hip-hop and why do you love Tupac? And this is what she said. She said, somebody got to call a motherfucker a motherfucker. Right there. I, the whole audience lost it. And every time I had her on the show, I, was like, I couldn't say it. I had to dance around it. But that, was all, that's a all, that is a top five all-time quote.
2: I'm embarrassed. I'm an old lady.
1: I, I'm <laughs> sorry, now, you, but that was hilarious <laughs> and truthful.
2: Well, it was truthful. <laughs> <laughs> it was truthful. <laughs> and there's no question about that. Really. I mean, well, you have to sometimes. Uh, we've been talking football, you know, and uh, well, I, I teach at Virginia Tech. And, and let me, can I read a poem? Yeah. Because I have a
1: wonderful shocking. Student. Shocking, no, she's going to refer to a poem.
2: This is, this is a, a nice poem. I have a kid that I taught, uh, Kevin Jones, mm-hmm. who is in our Hall of Fame.
1: Running back. Yeah. Yep.
2: And Kevin came to me, and he said, Nick, I need some help in writing a poem. And we talked back and forth, and I came up with this, so the I is Kevin. Some people plant seeds for corn and tomatoes and okra, which grow. Some people clean land, and at evening you can see deer eating flowers or just standing. Mother dear watching her babies. Some people live in crowded cities and they put out window boxes with herbs enchanting folk to wipe by. I play football. Mm. I have watched men grow too long for too much, for too little, then come home to smile at their wives and children. I have watched every Sunday Sunday school children offer a psalm, preachers offer hope, a choir offers a voice and join the community in prayer to a merciful God that life will be better. I play football. I listen to my parents tell me to go forward. I listen to my teachers tell me I can. I listen to the wind whistling in my ear and sometimes the rain falling on my back. And I understood that the true heroes of our nation, I am doing my part to be a part of this community, this school, this team. I am humbled to be considered for this hall of fame and fame when I know the true heroes are the men and women who go forth every day. I play football. I hope I have done my part. And I think we forget that everybody does what they do. Mm-hmm. And aside from the fact that I love Kevin, I, I, I love the fact that those young men on that football team, they, they, they hurt. They don't get any money. They're not making $300,000. No. They're not making commercials. And I know people say they're getting an education, but sometimes. Mm-mm. So we could do better.
1: Well, the the, 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 the thing um, the thing that's interesting to me, um, like even as you were reading that, because the thing about poetry, first of all, poetry is personal. It's deeply personal. I was at a Black Books, Black Book, uh, uh, Black Book Images in Dallas when they were still open, yeah, I and I had somebody who came in and they said uh, they said you know, I got a book of poetry and I want I want, uh, I want to sell it, and I said, well, the question is, are people gonna buy it? <laughs> and so Emma Rogers, who owned it, I said Emma. I said, "How much poetry do you sell?" She went, "You see, top of that uh, bookshelf." She went, "Start right there and go all the way over there." She says, "Those are all poetry books that haven't been sold." And I said, "So, so, uh, so, I want I always want to ask you this: When you hear that, why do you think people don't gravitate to poetry to purchase?"
2: I think people. Uh First and foremost, that's not true. I've had three bestsellers for whatever things like that mean. But I think that we, the poets, have to come out and tell the truth, which means you're going to be offending people. Mm -hmm. I've been watching my mailbox lately because (laughs) I'm I'm not fond of the president. I think he's crazy, and I think he should be impeached if not arrested. And so, you know, now I look at my mailbox. I have to make sure that that nothing's in there. Because, you know, and and this disturbed me. Just let me say this one thing. Mm These are the same people who put a bomb in a church and murdered four little girls. Mm-hmm. And they want to tell me they're Christians. And the book that they say that they believe in right. is a poetry book. Especially New, New Testament. And I'm I'm in love with John, the beloved disciple. I know that John
1: was smoking weed. If you read <laughs> if you read Revolutions, you know he was smoking weed. Me myself, I like Song of Solomons. Well, let, me tell you, let me tell you something. If y'all. Look, if y'all want to read some some sexual stuff? Read one of them songs of Solomon's. I was like, "Dang, Solomon, you were laying it down!" <laughs> but
2: look what Tony Morrison did with it. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna take these wonderful lines, words, images, metaphors, and you're gonna find a way to use them. So I, I don't I don't think you write a book because you want. It. To be a bestseller. I think you write a book because you want to tell the truth.
1: Right. Well, now, here's what's interesting, though. So while you were reading that, ask somebody who speaks all across the country and ask somebody who tells stories when speaking. Actually, as I heard that, and then when I went to page 106 and read it, I said, it's not a poem. This This is a little speech. I mean, literally, if you, I mean, if you, that's, I mean, literally what he, as I read it, I'm going, Wait a minute, he could walk to the, po- to the podium and to accept an honor. That was a speech. I hope so. So, you just, so, so it, it caused you to look at it differently, as opposed to, oh my God, that's a poem.
2: No, no, no. That was basically a speech. It's a poem. He's married to a wonderful young lady, Robin, and they have a couple of really wonderful kids. But I wanted to say something, not only to Kevin, but to all of those young men and women, and, and women's basketball is just incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's that's a whole nother, if I were president, which I'm thinking of running, if I were president, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> if I were president, I would have a, a secretary of, of sport, because we know that for the men, in all fairness, Roland, for the men, we need to, one, extend the, the court. Because they're too tall, and we need to raise the basket. The only thing that's working right now are the women, because they're they're the ones who have to think. The guys right. just have to throw it down and drop it in. Yeah. And so
1: I, I think that we need to think about. It is brilliant watching when uh, some of the be- one of the best games ever was when Connecticut played Tennessee. Oh. They were balling. Yeah. And then I went to with Texas A&M, my alma mater, beat Notre Dame in the national championship. I went to um, Indianapolis for the game. Uh-huh. See? and it went down to, I mean, and they, and that was, I mean, one of the most exciting games, period. Because yeah. uh, uh, they
2: have to think. I mean, right. I'm, I'm teaching uh, Taylor Emery, and of course she's like the number one, number two woman's basketball player in, in America, and I'm, I'm so proud of her. She's a good writer, too. Just a great kid. I'm not against the men. I don't want somebody to write me. But the men are tall and big, so we're going to have to extend that court oh, to, look, be, I mean, to look, make them
1: have to think. I grew up watching... And celebrating Moses Malone and Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah, I mean the footwork of Olajuwon is just unbelievable. And I hate now seeing a dude seven feet tall taking a three pointer. <laughs> I'm like, get your big ass down on the block and put your back to the basket. And I'm because t- because but the game is now is just about everybody jacking up three pointers as opposed to really. I mean. And, the art—you think back to Magic Johnson and James Worthy and Byron Scott and Norm Nixon and Abdul Jabal with Showtime. Yeah. I mean, that—that that was poetry in motion. It was in terms of just how they would just flow, and and it is different now watching and Where yeah. like even my Rockets, I, I can't stand watching James Harden hold the ball for 20 seconds, and I'm like, dude, can you pass the ball around, please? I appreciate that.
2: No, we, we it's need boring. To, well, we need to make that. Don't you think we need to make that change? Just like men's tennis. And I'm a a big tennis fan.
1: Oh, now with the speeds? Well,
2: we need to make them have to play five. It's a wonder they don't all drop dead, a heart attack or something. (laughs) And I think two out of three is going to be fine. I think that's going to work. I think we need to do that. But I also think that we need to put a a, a roof (laughs) so that they're not playing at 102 degrees.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. Even though I don't, be from Houston, I don't mind if I got to play golf for money. I want to play at 1 o'clock. In August, (laughs) I want you to wilt. (laughs) Shame on you. (laughs) I want you to wilt in that sun. See,
2: I live down the the mountain from uh, Greenbrier, so you can come play. I played there. Yeah. I played
1: there. Oh, yeah. Great course, great course. Well, holidays just around the corner, now is the time to order holiday cards for family and friends. This year, create custom holiday photo cards quickly, easily, and affordably at simplytoimpress.com. SimplyToImpress.com is your holiday photo card headquarters with thousands of unique Christmas cards and other designs to choose from. All you have to do is upload your family photos or get them from Facebook or Instagram. Personalize the text and you're done. That's it. It's that simple. SimplyToImpress.com prints your cards professionally on your choice of premium card stock in just a few days and rushes them straight to your door. The New York Times wire cutter named Simply to Impress their favorite custom photo card service. Simply to Impress even offers foil cards and hundreds of great holiday card designs for your business as well. Place your order today to save 30% and get free shipping. Just enter the promo code DEAL at checkout. Save big on holiday photo cards today using promo code DEAL at simplytoimpress.com. That's simplytoimpress.com. You call this, A Good Cry, yeah, What We learn From Tears and Laughter. Uh, where did the title come from?
2: Probably, uh, I had a seizure, and, and that's a long story. But I had a, I had a seizure, and my doctor who, I always laugh because Gregory is, is cute, so I listened to him. Not that if he was ugly I wouldn't, but... <laughs> 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 He's cute, so I do. And Gregory's position was, I eat too much salt. I don't get enough rest. You know how they go through. Because I'm right. a woman, and you have to go through, and I'm black, so right. the first thing is always you eat too much salt. <laughs> and I was saying to Greg, I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is I never learned to cry, and I think that I kept so much in, mm. and now in my 70s it's coming out. And if I would learn to cry, I would have avoided this this seizure. Now, when you say cry, like tears about running down your just- eyes, just I have a dear friend who's in, in, in prison. He'll, he'll die there. I, he's got cancer. Mm. I have the things that make you sad. My mother uh, died in June, my sister died in July, and my mm. aunt died in October. I didn't have time to cry. I had to take care of them. I'm the oldest person in my family. Mm. And you hold things in. Yep. You know, my mother and father had arguments every Saturday. You hold things in, and when you keep holding it in, eventually it's got to come out someplace. So, it comes out of your eyes, or, I, 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 I didn't start to drink until, uh, actually I went to Virginia Tech, I learned to drink, every, my, my father was alcoholic, and so it looked like alcohol was a bad idea, and then I went to Virginia Tech, and I have a, a, a dear friend, <laughs> shouldn't be mad at me for saying this, but she, she reminded me, you know, wine was, Jesus had right, wine, right, right. the last supper was to wine. <laughs> and so, uh, she, she didn't make me start drink, but she let me see how wonderful it is to drink right. with your friends. So I've learned to drink, but you have to let things out. And I said to Greg to, to my doctors beyond, I said to Gregory, I think if I had learned to cry, I wouldn't have this, mm. this, this seizure. What did he, he say? He said, I think you're wrong. And I said, Gregory, I have given you a gift, because it's true, I, had. I have. I said, you need to create something, the Nicky. And when people come in and they're having you know, problems, you need to say, oh, you have the Nikki. And you need to show them a good glass of champagne will do this every night. You need to laugh about this, but you need to learn to cry when something's sad. You don't need to learn to be strong. Because we live in a nation yep. that tells you, oh, you know, you'll get over it. Well, my mother died. People, say, people actually had the, had the audacity the stupidity to say, oh, you'll get over it. How are you gonna get over your mother being dead? Right. I didn't get over my dog dying. Wendy, well, my dog is Wendy. Wendy died, and I've got, uh, she is buried in front of the house with a, with a plate. How do you get over what you miss right? or what hurts? You don't. You have to let it out, and that's why you have friends. And your friends shouldn't tell you, be strong, be brave. You can do it. Right. Your friends should say, oh, her, oh, girl, go on and cry about it. I'm right here. That's, that's that, what that, a friend
1: is for. So we, at, we were at Aretha Franklin's funeral. Um, it was interesting because, um, so Gladys Knight, so she was to my right. So we're in the front row, she's to my right, and um, and she was really broken up by Aretha dying, and so she was crying. And so then, so then Jennifer Lewis, uh, who was sitting in her seat row behind her, she comes, she comes over, and so she's, you know, she's she just standing right next to her, and so she's hugging her. Then she's just rubbing her back, rubbing her back, rubbing her back. Uh, and then, uh, and so then I walked over, uh, and I had I, I was to hand Jennifer something. Uh, a fan or something. She says, no, no, no. She said, uh she said, Roland, you gotta do the old way. You gotta go ahead and fan them yourself. Uh but it was, but it was just one of those things where, again, versus just letting her sit there alone, yeah. she she didn't say anything. It was just there just to there. just a rubber back. Yeah. Just to rub her back.
2: Well you know, uh was a, is uh is our my she she's a Delta mm-hmm. yeah? and uh the omega Omegas uh uh, ceremony it was just beautiful.
1: My wife was there. And she's a Delta. She, oh, oh, yeah. She was there. Of I she mean, flew in. Crazy me as you
2: are, and she, she had. To, I know you had to marry a Delta. <laughs> and
1: of now course, hold up. She wasn't a Delta when we got married. She married an Alpha. <laughs> but she, she got rid of him, didn't she? <laughs> no, no. She, I'm you an Alpha. You Alpha. And then she joined Delta later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she married an Alpha. <laughs> well. <laughs> See, I always mess with the Deltas on I, that so one. You,
2: <laughs> you know, I had the pleasure of knowing. Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. And I would talk to Ms. Parks. Ms. Parks was a tea drinker. I would talk to Ms. Parks. We just, you know, like we're doing. And I said to her one day, yeah, I said, you know, Ms. Parks, when I think about your life, it's amazing to me that you only made one mistake. And you know Rosa, you know how mm-hmm. her face kind of fell. She said, well, well, what was that, baby? I said, you went AKA.
1: <laughs> See, that's why I tell Reverend Jackson every time. <laughs> Because he's an omega, he always throws little hooks up. I was like, "Don't start that, don't start that." I said, "You knew Dr. King was an alpha. Don't start that."
2: (laughs) We should be ashamed of ourselves.
1: No, 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 we shouldn't. (laughs) That's the truth. That's a good one. That's a good one. But but the whole thing thing, though is it's interesting. As you were talking, I thought about I thought about when so my grandfather died in '85, and then my my maternal grandfather and my maternal grandmother died about six years ago. And I thought about it, I'm trying to see. It was interesting, because I was doing Reverend Sharpton's Measuring the Movement, and I got the word that she'd passed, and I went back to the makeup chair. And I'm trying to think, between that and even the funeral, I didn't cry, and maybe because, first of all, my grandmother died at 91. She had been, she had been sick for some time in a hospice. And I think, for me, I, I spent so much time around them growing up, so for me, it was, a, it was frankly a celebration of a life. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't... Now, what is interesting, because as you're talking about crying, it's the weirdest thing. Like, I can be watching a movie or I can be watching a sports moment and it's this huge moment and all of a sudden I realize tears are coming down because it's a a moment of joy. Like, I ain't even involved in it. And so it's interesting. So I I think about that in terms of just uh, another way... Of, t- uh, of tears, versus just one that's a sadness. And that it's could, weird, let me ask myself, like, why was I crying on it? And it's just, you know what, seeing true. somebody being happy, or being happy for them. Yeah. I don't uh, for me,
2: uh, I've learned because it's been a, a while, uh, for a year I couldn't drive because uh, my doctors were afraid, you know, that I'd have another sh- uh, seizure or something, mm-hmm. but for me I learned that, and, and for me it has been sadness because now when I'm happy, as you can see I'm sitting here, yeah. I laugh. But uh, things that, that make me sad, I don't I don't try to make it all right. Right, it is I, what it is. It, it it's sad, damn it. And and I'm gonna sit there and cry. And any fool that'll tell me don't cry, it'll be all right, I'm gonna get rid of them.
1: Yeah. My wife is <laughs> my wife, of course, is yeah. ordained minister, but also a certified grief counselor. Yeah. And, you know, walks folks through that. Yeah. You know, and look, my you know, both my parents uh, are 71, yeah. uh, still living active and all this sort of stuff along those lines. Uh, but yeah, when I've had fraternity brothers who've lost their dads recently, yeah. you know, and I have reached out to them, and I'm like, yo, I mean, I, I said I understand that relationship, especially black men who've had fathers who who are still in their lives who passed away. I mean, right. it, it, it's a it's a whole different it, sort of connection.
2: Yeah. yeah, and and men, of course, are, are worse than anybody because men are like, i got to be, and and men need to learn to cry because what you end up doing is you don't cry, but you kick your dog.
1: Right. <laughs> see, for me, I don't have yeah. a dog, so I ain't well, I'm glad you don't. I, I ain't no, kidding. I mean, but right. you. But no, oh, absolutely. You, right. let you, you know, well, you're upset. They, they keep their dog uh, beat. Right, they take it out on something. Else. As opposed to, no, let that thing they, out. That's all I'm saying, Well, you know, Steve Perry and I had this conversation. And remember, we had him on the show. And, the, and we see this, especially with young brothers. So, like now, when I, when I take pictures with mm-hmm. young black men, I'll tell them, if you're not smiling, we can't take a picture. And I would say, we're not taking a jail photo, because what has happened is we have created this generation of young black men. We say, yo, man, no, you got to be hard, you got to be a man. Yeah. He ate, right. and I and literally mothers would say, take a picture of my son, and I said, dude, we are, we will, we we will stand here until you smile, and then people would go, why are you making him smile? I said, because I'm not taking a damn jail photo. Right. It's a photo, bruh. Just smile. And I, I, I'm seriously, I don't, yeah. we'll, we'll be there, it'll be a standoff. And I'm like, ain't going to be no picture. Because I just don't understand this, this notion of we got to raise young boys to grow up hard. Yeah, well,
2: i got another one that will make everybody upset, but I don't understand why men measure the size of their penis. Because there isn't a woman on earth that fell in love with the size of a man's penis. <laughs> we fall in love with the size of a man's heart and sometimes his mind. But we don't fall in love with the size of his penis. And we've got the president of the United States, fool that he is, is running around talking about the size of his penis. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense.
1: And that's interesting, because there's a woman who is, Shanae Hall, is a radio personality out of Atlanta, and she posted this this statement on Instagram. Somebody asked her a question, and she said, I need all these attributes in a man, and he has to be six and a half inches. And these people start commenting all on, and I was kind of like, I said, baby. It's a whole bunch of brothers, I said, who the right one for you. I said, and you don't, I said, you running around passing them up. I was, I was just jacking yes. her. And she's like, well, I'm just being honest. I said, okay. I well, said, that's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. And we've got boys growing up
2: thinking that they are people because of the size, for lack of a better word, of their
1: but the And the men who then, okay, woman has to have... These physical attributes, yeah. these attributes, these attributes, as opposed to, I mean, the reality is, when we do see people, and I tell people all the time, people like, Roland, looks don't matter. I said, first of all, you're lying. I right. said, because the bottom line is, if we in a crowd, right. and I spot you across, there's something I'm looking, looking at that caught my attention. Right. Okay, I, I'm like, y'all can talk talk about, no, but it's what's on the inside. I'm like, I don't see the inside across the damn room. But, you know, you feel something. When well, you're
2: Right. Roland. I have on a pair of earrings. Mm-hmm. My parents were poor, and my mother worked, you know, a bunch, of, we were poor. These are diamonds. Mm-hmm. And mommy knew that I liked diamonds. Mm-hmm. For my 40th birthday, she gave me this. Diamonds are just rocks. And we pass rocks, we're here in D.C., mm-hmm. we pass rocks all the time, but there is something about a rock, you out in the desert, you're in, wherever you are, in mm-hmm. South Africa, you've been all over the world, mm-hmm. and you'll see something, and you'll pick it up. And you're not responding to how it looks, you're responding to how it feels. And you'll find yourself taking it, and you might bring it home. You might not, I mean, right. but, but there's something that you respond to now, that is not just. Now let, the, me be, let me be
1: clear. I ain't like my wife when I met her. I ain't like her, okay? I thought she was a mean-ass preacher. <laughs> I did not like it. And I told this story to Bishop Jakes on TVN, oh. Yes, on Christian television. Did not like her. Like, okay, the, plus she had a whole bunch of gray hair at 34. I'm like, ah, whatever. But this is exactly what this is just, nigga, this is a true to honest story about Joe Sarah. So we had church, and we were not in the church, we were not in the sanctuary. I need to qualify this. We were in a foyer. I'm talking about frat brother Carrie. And so she, she was down on the other end of uh, the foyer. We had a singles party that, that weekend. And Carrie was talking, and I went, damn, Carrie, Jackie got an ass on her. What? And so then when she came, she came down, a group, a group of us was supposed, was supposed to go out to eat, and then ended up being the two of us because everybody fell up. Uh, we there till 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, and then just talking to whoever. And I, I just got divorced six months earlier, so I ain't trying to talk to nobody. Okay, I'm I'm like, look, uh-uh, damn that. And end up talking, go out a couple days later, and been together ever since. And I told her, I said, see, I personally think what you was saying, God was trying to send me all these other signals, and I wasn't trying to feel that. But he said, just show him the butt, he'll figure everything else out later. So I told her, you wore the right pair of black pants on the right day. I said, that's (laughs) what got my attention. (laughs) I told her throw story to Bishop Jakes, and he hollered. I, was I got emails that. from all over the world "The said, did you actually just go on Christian TV and said, uh, your wife's butt? I was like, look, I ain't gonna lie. I said, I'm gonna tell you, that's a true story. I said, and she's still here. And I tell her, right pair of black pants on the right day. There's power in the black woman's booty. I'm just saying.
2: There might be, <laughs> but there's something more. Oh yes, and, of and course it is. Know. Of course it is. Yeah.
1: But them right pair of black pants.
2: Well, <laughs> black pants matter, but you see what you love. You know, I've I've had a a theory, and Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to retire in a couple of years and so I'm going to have some time to work on that. My my basic theory is that there is nobody white in America. Mm. The only people who could possibly be white are, in fact, immigrants. Okay. Because American white people, especially the rich ones, they had babies, the wives had babies, but they didn't want their wives to be messed up. They didn't want Mm -hmm. somebody else fooling around with those tits. And so they would send the babies down to the slave quarter mm-hmm. and they would, the, the slave mm-hmm. mother would feed the children. Mm-hmm. You are what you eat. Mm. So the richer you are and have been, the more likely it is that you are in fact black.
1: Got black DNA. Absolutely. Just don't quit, Because it's just do it. Just do it.
2: I, I mean, Both of just Colin. don't quit. I love Colin. I mean, I, I thought what a great, what a great kid. What a great kid. And you know, I grew up with well, I grew up with, but my generation, uh, Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a great man, just just a great man. And the uh, uh Olympi- Smith, Smith, yeah, John Carlos, just great. Just and to so, celebrate
1: the 50th anniversary of that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I, they're just wonderful people. And to see him take that stand, you know, because...
1: Now, I interviewed Jason Whitlock, and Jason Whitlock said, you know, he said, all y'all keep trying to compare him to Ali. I said, well, first of all, I said, I don't compare him to Ali. Ali is Ali, Kaepernick is Kaepernick. Kaepernick. So we had this vigorous debate because he feels as if Kaepernick should be be more aggressive in talking. I said, look, not everybody is going to be like Ali. Not everybody is going to be as talkative uh, as he was. I said, everybody does their thing in their own way. Mm
2: -hmm. That's quite true. But he's talking all over the world. Right. Because when I saw that, I went out, and of course I have a lot of credit, so I don't have to worry about that to my credit card. I went out and I bought T-shirts, I bought sweatshirts, I bought tennis shoes. I, I did the whole thing. And my class was laughing at me. I, you know, I teach a class uh, every day, um, Tuesday and Thursday. And my class laughed. I said, no, I, he doesn't need me. He doesn't need us. I'm 75. Holland mm-hmm. doesn't need a 75-year-old woman. But I thought if he could take that stand, because he, he lost a lot. Yeah. If, you, if money would be important. But then, you know, what did James Brown teach us? Money don't change you, but time is taking you on. Mm. You get it? Get it? Get down with it. Mm-hmm. I love James Brown for that. <laughs> I do. It, it, it's we have to appreciate what the young man did, and he's speaking. Ali did what he did, and I loved Ali. We traveled together, you know, and read poetry together.
1: Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't isn't he credited with like the shortest? What what is it? With, like the shortest poet? poet? a poem ever something like that. There was, it, it, it was one of them Guinness Book of World Record things uh, and credit, but he but he, first of all, watching films and things, things along those lines uh, and surely it had to be a hoot uh, traveling with him.
2: Oh, it was a lot of a lot of, well, first of all his wife, you know, he was uh, what's the word?
1: Well, the word is a, a cock count. He was a lover of women. There, that
2: would be the other word. He took pleasure and, But in, his wife trusted yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> and so we would be going someplace. You know, he went on the bus. He always had the bus what she didn't realize is that I had to fly. And so my son and I, would. because I was I'm right. trying to support my mother mm-hmm. at that point, my son, a dog, you And know. plus, a bus takes so too I'm, damn long. Oh, yeah. It took too long.
1: And I, mean, I, I don't d- know why Reetha Franklin would not get on that airplane. I'm like, Reetha, I, look, I know you had one bad episode, but I remember she called me once. She's like, oh, Roland, I'm going to have to get on this plane because this long bus ride across the country, I'm like, Queen, that's too long. It's too long. I don't even want to take a connecting flight. <laughs> I want a direct flight. Yeah. I am not taking a bus. Uh, two, three days to get somewhere.
2: But, you know, speaking of Ree, she could have taken that time to just relax. mm mm-hmm. And she had a great sister. I knew Carolyn. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew Aretha, but not well, but I knew Carolyn, you know. And she had a sister, and I didn't know Emma at all. It's sometimes you need, when you're as famous as that, oh, sometimes really- you need some time to yourself. Busters work. I didn't have time to be bothered with. Oh it. yeah. <laughs> so his what? wife would say, "How was your How was the trip?" You know. Just, you, I said, "Oh, it was really smooth." Yeah. <laughs> I, it's none of my business what Ali did. I'm not gonna be married to. Her. <laughs> no. When
1: you none When you think, think about um, When you think about these When you think about these iconic figures, the thing that because um, as you were talking when you mentioned teaching. Um, Dr. Ma Angelo, so a month before she died. And I had never in my life thought about it this way, because when you're talking about teaching. So we had the, we had the National Portrait Gallery, they unveiled uh, her portrait, and then they had the Smithsonian Museum of African Art, so they had a birthday celebration for. Her. So I'm interviewing her, and I think I made some reference to my brother and sisters being teachers. She said, No, 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 no. You're a teacher. She said, I watch you. You use the medium to teach. Talk about that, that you don't have to have the title teacher to actually teach people. That's true. Whatever lane you're in.
2: Whatever you're doing. Let me tell you this about Maya. Maya was only two hours away from me. And I got to be a friend of Maya because she was always very nice to my mother. She would run into mommy, and she was always very nice. And so over a period of time, we got to be friends. But Maya thought she could cook. I mean, I know you heard her say that. (laughs) I think I can cook, but I'm actually I'm right, I cook <laughs> well, So I would go down to see her, because now she's in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. i go down and she would cook something and I would say, oh this is pretty good, but why didn't you, you know? And, and so I guess she was in the mood one day and she said, why don't you come on down? I said, okay, because my, my best dish is a rack of lamb. Okay. And I said, I'll bring a rack of lamb so you can learn how to, how it should be. <laughs> But she couldn't be, she had a, 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 a real kitchen, I mean, you know, a, a gas stove and mm-hmm. something. So she had to be here because she couldn't be close to the gas there, because she had...
1: Oxygen tank, yeah. yeah.
2: And so I did it, I, I made it, and it was beautiful. I, I'm a good... you it, like, look, I got you. It this. was beautiful. And we sat down at the table. You know, she always set a really pretty table. And so we cut it, and she ate it. And she's looking at it, because she's figuring out, trying to figure out what to say. <laughs> she said, it could use a little salt. <laughs>
1: So I mean, she's like, I'm going to find something no, to say. I say she's like, I'm going to knock get, you down
2: a one pit. Pe- girl, <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. You know this is a perfect rack of
1: <laughs> See, that's like when Obama went down to Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, and uh, Leah Chase, uh, and she served her, her, her gumbo, and Obama reaches for the hot sauce. And she said, look, don't nobody put hot sauce on Miss Chase's gumbo, and that thing went all around the neighborhood and then the city. I mean, it went everywhere. People like, "Hold up, did he like it Before he even tasted it, she snapped on him. She's like, "I don't care, you the president. You don't put no hot <laughs> <high laughs> sauce. You don't put no hot sauce on not on Leah Chase gumbo. Oh, no. No. And you ain't take." Miss Chase was wonderful. Ooh, I, had I, the... I she. I cracked that when she yeah. told that story. No,
2: Chief, I had the pleasure of knowing. Uh, Miss Chase, you know, Leah was the husband, and he was over Duke, in Paris. Dooky, <laughs> Dooky, I had the pleasure of knowing her, and I had the extreme pleasure of being a good friend of Edna Lewis, who was on a stamp. You know, they finally put mm. Edna on a stamp, which they should have. She should have her own stamp. They put Edna Lewis and, and Julia Child and James Beard and somebody else. They put them all on a stamp. But talking to the, you know, you don't do that. You don't put any salt on it. Either eat it, well, as my grandmother would say, Every time I put something on the table, you have two choices:
1: <laughs> eat it, don't eat it,
2: <laughs> eat it or leave it. <laughs> Cause you didn't touch it. I mean,
1: that's what you know. I don't right. care what you thought about it.
2: <laughs> you didn't add. No, he, he he good. He learned a lesson. Oh too.
1: no, he no, he learned. He learned. Yeah. Cause she she checked him. Oh yeah. yeah. She's like, I don't care. You the president of the United oh, States. She's like, you don't put no hot sauce <laughs> on Miss Chase gumbo. That's right. Right. So no, he, <laughs> he learned that lesson. Right. He, he felt that lesson. Oh, he yeah. felt that one. Yeah. When you um. When you think about all the things that you've done, is there something that you still wish, hey, you know what, I want to do that?
2: Well, I have the pleasure. I tease my son. I only had one child. I have a son. And my son had a daughter. And so I tease him all the time. I said, well, you know, no matter what you've been doing in your life, he's a lawyer. I said, but no matter what, you did one really good thing, no matter how you look at it. I said, you had the sense to have a daughter. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> but... I'm into, right now, global warming, actually. Okay. And it's just a part of, I'm into space and stuff. The, the, the Arctic Circle mm-hmm. has a worm. And I'm always doing this, but actually you can't see It's a teeny tiny worm. And the worm has committed or given a community. There, There's a, the worm lives under, like 45, it used to be 45 degree frozen Mm -hmm. so it should not have been able to create a community. Right. But now that it is warm, it's coming down. Wow. So we know that the biggest predator on earth is us. Human beings are the worst Mm -hmm. predators. We know that the second biggest predator is the sea urchin. And everybody's upset about the sea urchin, which tastes delicious by the way. I don't know if you like sea urchin.
1: Never had it.
2: Delicious. Okay. Cut the head off and they have to put a it's to drain everything in it out and you take tweezers and pull the inside That sounds like a lot of work. Uh, but see, I, that's a lot of work. That's now, don't, my, now that's... don't laugh and don't correct me, okay? I taught my granddaughter how to fix chitlins. See, I, I don't want to hear it, Roland.
1: Let me tell you something. My, we, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Go on. We, the we
2: have a history and if I don't teach Kai, how to make chitlins, who's going to teach her? No. It's just pork.
1: No, I'm smelling this because you understand. I went to my grandmother's house. Oh my God. I hit that door and them chitlins hit me and it almost sent me into a coma. I ran out that door and stood at the edge of her yard (laughs) and my daddy came up because I I went to the house early. He's like, what you doing? I said, yeah, man. Say, dog, I can't go in there. The funk of them chitlins hit me, I said, Dad, I can't do it. I said, so, because my grandmother had a catering business, and so I worked with this as I was seven years old, mm-hmm. and we had to prepare for some wedding. I was like, say, hey, man, I can't go in that house. I said, the funk of them chitlins, I can't do it. Turn them inside out and clean them. But now, of
2: course, they can be frozen, so you're not having any smell. But do you know, you really aren't, do you know where most of the chitlins are coming from now? Where? Denmark. Why? I don't know. But if you go to Kroger, do you have a Kroger here in Washington? Yeah, we got it, Kroger. If you go to Kroger, you'll see a package frozen five-pound Denmark.
1: I think it's I the most you, interesting thing. I, I'm gonna go talk to them Denmarkins. Well, it's I, uh, delicious
2: because now they're really clean. All you have to do is I, and just
1: I, you have to check them, but I, no, I, 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 I,
2: and beer. God and God created beer for only one reason. What? To cook with it. Nobody in their right mind. I was sitting there looking at a fool on the Supreme Court now, talking about he drank a beer. You, no, you didn't drink a beer because beer won't <laughs> well, nobody drinks beer that much so that you can't remember anything. But beer was made to cook with. Really? Oh uh, yeah. You get With your chitlins, beer. Huh? You get your 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 garlic. Come on now. Some cilantro. Oh. oh
1: cook it low all day oh, long. No, I can't, I can't. Oh my oh, God. Roll between it. between chitlins and pigs' feet and oh, and
2: uh You know who makes the best pig feet? Aside from somebody like me, Ooh, is the Kennedy. Oh no, the, the Japanese. Japanese. Oh, they do a wonderful because you boil them until are and then you split them, and then you put you know your 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 red uh, sauce, put them in the oven. It's, it's kind of like a barbecue. Oh, and the hard they're so hard. I live in I live in Appalachia. One of the most difficult things to find is pig feet. Praise the Lord. Outlast. No <laughs> They're being shipped out. Right, but they're in that slimy jar? and No, looking no, at no, them? not pickled pig feet. Real pig feet. Well, what's the difference between the pig feet and the jar? It's pig's feet. You boil them. You, first of all, you have to clean everything, but you boil them low. Right? A little beer, your garlic, just boil them. And then when they're done, because that's an all-day... You eat whole head cheese? I hate to answer you. You won't kiss me. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> my grandmother and grandfather love hog-head cheese. Yeah. We had to stop right there. I said, hold up, We ain't going to get to the cheese part. I'm going to stop at the hog-head part. I right. could, I'm telling you, well, you. Okay, you got to say, my grandparents, <laughs> born and raised in Louisiana, Opelousas, Louisiana. Okay. Uh, and they moved to Houston. And so growing up, uh, I still had relatives who lived in Crosby, Bear Station, Baytown, which when they had the, we had the great Creole, Creole migration from Louisiana to california they stopped all along the way mm-hmm. so i got relatives in all those towns and so one time we went out and they had and they went and got the hog and it was in the back of the car then they had to kill it yeah okay all right so they shoot it okay you know hit it with the gun a couple of times bb gun or whatever the heck and then you, then they had, they threw it on the table then slicing it up yeah. so went to the whole deal making a crackling and then split that whole b- b- yeah. deal apart and I was kind of like, you know, I don't really need to see this process. You know, I'm good. Just, I'd stop by Kroger, <laughs> you know, and I'd pick up the sausage that way. I wasn't you really wanna... trying to see the whole process, <laughs> you know, slicing that bad boy. And <laughs> it, it it was a whole, but it was, yeah, it was, so, but that, that was my grandparents. That's why I grew up. So I'm, like, I. That's I, how we
2: survived.
1: Oh, I feel you. But not just that,
2: we slaves, and, and there must be a better term, but we slaves, were the ones who changed American
1: cuisine. cuisine. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, yeah, we showed what can be done. And the thing that I love best, and I, I have a lot of white friends, so I get to tease them about that, is greens,
1: mm-hmm. because
2: the, my white friends often used to think, well, what you wanted to eat was the greens, but what we as black people knew was what you wanted was the hog, was the, the uh, pot liquor. That's why we became strong and
1: smart. <laughs> You can keep the hog-head cheese all to yourself. Oh. You can take my portion. You get more, you're more than welcome to have my portion of chitlins, hog-head cheese, pig feet. You can have all that. I sit right over there, and <laughs> I just be cool, you know, with, uh, with a, with a, with a uh, Kit Kat.
2: I'm going to call uh, your wife, and we're going to get you into... You, you well, I'm gonna get, we're going to get you into to, uh,
1: uh, 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 urchins, uh, sea urchins. You have to try it. First of all, what you just described is way too much work. I'm not trying to sit there. Well, tweezers? Well, yeah, you have to you have to pull the the the, the inside out. No, hold up. That that, that that's the chef's job. Just, just bring me the finished. Well, fry. you rich? Bring now. Nah, bring bring, a chef? bring me the finished. Look, my brother is an executive chef. What well, he can do him. all that. Ask him. I ain't doing that's too. Much. Look, I I don't like dealing with crawfish. Well, I ain't doing I all you're that. How you not like you from Louisiana? No, I eat crawfish, but I'm not sitting there. All that damn time, get a little piece of meat. that Look, give me the finished crawfish, okay? I'm not going with them shells and everything. I can't do it, it's too much. Nigga, it's too much work. It's too, <laughs> they sitting with a bib on, and they over there hunched over, yeah. and they and they working it, and it's a little bitty piece of meat. Oh, yeah. That's too much work, nigga. I can't, I ain't got time for all that. I'm like, let the chef do all that. I'll pay you, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> shame, shame on you. Yeah, shame on me. Fuck, you understand? I, look, I'm I'm stubborn to eat it. First of all, I, I need to know what that is. I, hey, what's this? Like, I don't do candlelight. I will get my phone, hit the flashlight. What's this? I want to make sure something not crawl up on that plate with that candlelight. No, I want to see what's crawling. I, I want to see what's on it. You understand? I, hey, Henry, my production guy. He had a whole list of stuff I don't eat. Like, I can't stand cold food. Damn it, you better heat that food up. You wouldn't want raw oysters then, would you? Oh, no, oh, no, I'm good, good. I stick with catfish, You're missing half the... I stick with catfish, scallops, shrimp,
2: I'm straight. But you know what's making a big comeback? What? Which I can't eat, rabbit. No, nah, I pass. Rabbit is making, but I remember cooking, I was babysitting, uh, I live next door to Morgan Freeman. I was babysitting for his daughter and my you know, and so I went down to the market and I had gotten this rabbit and made rabbit stew. I thought it was really good. And Thomas always wanted, my son always wanted to know, well, what are we eating? And I'd always share it with
1: him. I'm you. with him. And
2: he's like, well, what have we got? And I said, oh, we're eating rabbit soup today. And he looked up. He said, you mean we're eating Bugs Bunny? Ha, ha,
1: ha, ha! That's the last time I cooked rabbit. That's the last, right, right, because <laughs> yeah. you just scarred that boy for life. I have. I I Okay, <laughs> okay. I, I, I I I, no, seriously, I, I look, like, I don't experience, let me tell you something, so Jay, it's a true story. So we in China. Now, Jay's white. Okay, so Jay believes in experimentation. I sure. don't. Okay, I'm black. I keep my stuff simple. I ate at McDonald's all five days. No, I had to, because you don't understand. I was, I was hungry as hell all five days. So we're we in one of these open markets. I mean, it's, you know, steam, is rises, all kind of different stuff like that. And it smelled good, don't mean it is good. So they had all this corn, and all this corn, this corn the cob, corn the cob, corn the cob. And so Jay goes, well, I'm he said, I'm going to try something. Of this. i was like, man, that's you. I'm good. Jay bit to that corn. What the hell was it? Feed corn? Mm-hmm. He bit... I. Okay, that wasn't a good idea. He like, okay, that wasn't a good idea. It was feed corn. I said, oh, you thought it was regular-ass corn. I said, CJ, that's the difference between me and you. You're white. You will do that. Well, I said, I'm, I'm not a, I white. I said, I'm black. I'm going to stay in my lane. Shame on
2: you. You asked, was... you asked me what I would like to do. <laughs> the one thing that I cannot do because it's over... What? ...was I always wanted to go with Anthony Bourdain to Vietnam uh, because they make the best chicken soup gotcha. in the world. Sure chicken? And I thought, boy, wouldn't it be great. I'm sure so chicken? sorry he committed...
1: uh you sure as chicken? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, Anthony... No, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, don't know. I have to think about it, but it's delicious. I got you. But Anthony always said he wouldn't eat human. Which was smart. I'm kind of with him on that. I am, and he won't eat dog. And I'm with him on Damn that. I'm with him on that. And then the rest of them. Then you have to be careful what you eat when you're eating in, a, in, a, you know, Korea, especially. They yeah, uh, yeah. But I thought, boy, when I was so hurt when he committed suicide, mm-hmm. I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. But I thought, wouldn't it be great to be able to find a way, and and we'll go to Vietnam, and we'll just do a show like
1: we're doing this, and we'll eat, we'll eat there. Soon. I don't know, nigga. You might be eating by yourself. I might be commentating. I'm telling. No, I'm just not. I'm look. I know what I like. I know what I like. Like, like Houston's restaurant. I ordered the exact same thing for 15 years. Oh I only look. If there's no here's the problem: you eat something and you switch it up. Now your palate's messed up, and now you're mad. No. Now, no, you're mad. I look, look. My first wife, I cook. Oh, my God. First of all, I used to like hanging out with my family because my my family we cook. Okay, the whole family cook. Every man, every man in my family know how to cook we don't need no women in the kitchen. Y'all go sit down, we don't need y'all in here. Okay, so we can all cook. And my family, everybody, we, look, we got food, we do it up. Nikki, I'm not lying, it's a true story. I go to my first, we go to her, her parents at San Antonio, just the two of them. I'm like, damn it, we going to eat Chinese. I'm like, I'm not trying to eat no damn Chinese on Christmas. What's wrong? Damn it, I need a real meal. We go to this Chinese restaurant, it is the most god-awful food. I'm mad. I mean, you know, we eat bad food, not you're mad. Like, you're like, you want to cuss folk out? The only thing I had on my mind was going to the store and going to buy me a Mrs. Smith Dutch apple crumb pie and some vanilla ice cream to get that taste of that bad Chinese out of my mouth. Nikki, why we go to four grocery stores, I can't find no Mrs. Smith Dutch apple crumb pie at a single store. I got to sit there at that house that night, mad, cussing, that food in my mouth, that taste of my palate, because it was that. See, bad food will make me mad. Kiss your wife. That didn't do it. I was mad because she the one took me to the damn Chinese place. I so she could have kissed me. And I did. She could have kissed me. She could've did more than that. I would have been like, damn it, that bad food. Oh. Bad food will put you in a foul mood. But great food, like you bring me some bad gumbo, I'll cuss you out. I, it better be some good gumbo. Cause I love gumbo.
2: Yeah, gumbo is good. But, I love okra. I, but I make good ice cream. i will have to do that too. I'm I, I do homemade ice cream, yeah.
1: What flavor? I
2: make mostly vanilla. I make my grandfather's recipe. See, I like vanilla, you know. Grandmother liked uh, I like, pineapple. I like chocolate. Well, you can always add chocolate. And put your finger in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so y'all thought we were talking about uh, poetry today, uh, a good cry. This actually ended up being a food discussion. Uh, I'm sure y'all are shocked by that. Uh, last question for you, last question for you. You said you're gonna retire, but that's retire from teaching. Yeah. Then what you gonna do? What do you wanna do? You could do like Will Smith did and jump uh, 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 out of a helicopter on a bungee jump over the Grand Canyon. No. Okay, all right.
2: No, I'm 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 going <laughs> to write. I'm, I'm trying to write a couple of books. My gra- my granddaughter and I are going up to the uh, Arctic Circle. Okay. We're, we're excited about doing that, and um, I'm going to learn. I say I hate to say this to you, but I'm I, I want to learn how to use chopsticks. And
1: I say I can't. I. Can, say, I... I, can't. I think it's so neat. It is. I, I, I go, hey, that's cool. Bring me that fork. I know. I try. Nikki, you gonna starve by like one little rice on the thing. I don't know how they do it. I don't know but how. But they do. So the question is, learning something different. Right. I don't know. I, I look. I try. I'm like, say, dog, bring me that fork. I I I, I can't be here all day with these dogs on chopsticks.
2: I I pretty much am learn have learned, and you wouldn't like they did how to how to open an oyster, and I've been working like on oysters. I know, see. I'm, it's too slime. There's no life without oysters. It's too slimy. too it's too slime. Oh slimy. no, that's why God invented lemons. He put a little lemon. Oh. Well, that, what that's gonna get rid of slime? It's not slime. Well, I ain't trying to eat that. I, I'm yeah, it. There, I, you, I, I, there I, you go. Hey, what that was a with a straw next to And time? A, no, just put and a nice glass of champagne.
1: But well, see, I don't drink. Well, shut i never up. I've never drank in my life. Don't worry about it, it's a digital show. You can cuss. All, you gotta you gotta cover your mouth. Just you can say shit. No, I, I no, I've never drank in my life. I've never drank in my all. Well, this, you, all you're,
2: you're deprived. I'm not. You're retired. to all,
1: No, no, no. My, my brother would tell you like, I don't want to see your ass drink. He said, you already a fool. <laughs> I mean, I have never I have never drank in my life.
2: Not even a little champagne to. I have
1: never like. drank in my life. I, my dad tried to give me some non-alcoholic beer. I wouldn't drink it. It's just I just I just don't. You, and I don't know, if it, I don't know if, is it because my mom, my mom asked me when I was a kid to fix up some rum and Coke. I am not know why in the hell I thought I was going to taste it, see if there was enough Coke in it, uh, and just screw my whole stomach up. I think I probably don't drink. Again, I, I've never, I just never had the desire. Right. But, and probably because I had an uncle, my Uncle Warren, uh, who's now in hospice care. My Uncle Warren had a Big Gulp before 7-Eleven created Big cup. Uh-huh. I mean, I was like, dude, how did you get that big-ass cup, and it was all alcohol? And he would come over, so, but I've never, I mean, we had alcohol, my parents drank, my family, we had parties, I just never, my brother does, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just never, yeah. ever yeah. was interested in wine coolers or anything, and people give me alcohol, I tell people to come to the house, I'm like, y'all, y'all come drink all this stuff up, I don't know why the hell they give me alcohol, because I don't drink, alcohol. no, I've just never had any interest, now I'm always the driver,
2: Well, it's, it's good to have you well,
1: and then I'm always the one remember what everybody did, somebody's like, what happened last night, so this is what actually happened, at nine twenty-five, you see, so so somebody got to be the reporter on what happened.
2: No, everybody could. There's a, a dish towel that says, "The advantage of living in a little town, which I do, is when you don't remember what you did, everybody else does."
1: There you go. <laughs> see, I remember what everybody does. My family will tell you, like, how he remember every detail of what happened at this event, at this family gathering. Oh yes, Oh, I am, I'm the family reporter.
2: So, we're looking forward to the book when you retire, huh?
1: Oh no, I'll, I'll, th- th- I don't know if I'm gonna write that book. That, 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 that book gonna be a little ignorant. Uh, but I just, but I, that's how you use social media. So like my niece who just walked by, she doesn't work for us. Uh, she has her own hashtag, the Lanny Chronicles, L-A-N-I. Oh. So stupid stuff she do, it goes on social media. I create videos when she asks me dumb questions. When she's got a hair in a bonnet, I don't care. She's like, oh, my God, my hair's in a bonnet. Pff, I don't care. It's my social media. They don't mean nothing to me. <laughs> so, yes, I will uh, I will embarrass all of my nieces and nephews. Uh, and then they're like, Roro, you play too much. And I'm like, well, y'all going to suck that thing up. That's what I do. So I'm the most hated and loved uncle at the same time. At the same time. Y'all, the book is a good cry. I know we ain't talking about the book, but we're talking about everything else. But I'm sure uh, there are poems in here about uh, eating oysters and hog head cheese uh, and uh, sea urchins, sea merchants uh, and everything <laughs> else. Uh, again, uh, good cry, what we learn from tears and laughter. And there's been a lot of laughter in this interview. Nikki Giovanni, always good to see you. Thank you so uh, very much. Thank you. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> thank uh, you. And I can't wait for this presidential run. Because, hell, you younger than Joe Biden. Might as well run. I,
2: yeah. Why not?
1: Why not? <laughs> Why right, not? Well, Oprah might, and
2: that'd be good. I could work for Oprah.
1: Huh? Oh, no, she ain't running. She ain't running. She ain't running? not. running. No, she she's no not going to run. She's rich. She ain't going to run. She ain't going to run. Like Michelle Obama ain't going to ever run. I can tell these people. Oh,
2: oh, oh, Michelle shouldn't, because we know what happens when your husband used to be president. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Oprah not going to do it. Oprah not going to do it. Well, uh-uh. if she
2: does, I'm going to be out there. Vote for Oprah. No,
1: I can, can y'all imagine a presidential campaign when Nigga Giovanni on the a campaign? Can y'all imagine the debate between Nikki Giovanni and Donald Trump? So, Ms. Giovanni, your thoughts on President <laughs> Trump's, his policies. Don't even. Don't and even. then she goes. See, so I can speak English. So I'm going to tell, tell, tell y'all right now, I'm going to tell y'all right now, this is straight up. I guarantee you this is exactly what would happen in a debate between Nikki Giovanni and Donald Trump. You'd be sitting there waiting at home for her to answer. She'd be like, this motherfucker. That would happen. I'm telling you right now, Jennifer Lewis and Sam Jackson would jump up shouting. They probably be one of your VP choices. There you go. <laughs> oh Lord. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. It's been fun. <laughs>
2: it's been fun. <laughs>
1: Didn't I tell y'all Nikki Giovanni was unfiltered? Man, was that a wild and fun conversation! Please get her a new book, uh, a new book on poetry, and also support Roland Martin Unfiltered by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Of course, your dollars joining our Green the Funk Fan Club supports this show, allowing us to bring you those kind of conversations, unfiltered, unapologetic, and of course, independent black news. And so please uh, do that. I implore you to do so because again, we certainly need to have these platforms we can have that type of honest and frank conversation all right folks i got to go y'all have a great one take care holler
0: Stream with Zumo Play.